All is well with my soul. That could be the talk right there. All is well with my soul. It is a joy and an honor to be back with you this morning. Thank you for coming out on this beautiful, sunshiny day. It's a little chilly outside, but the sun, the light from within warms us, and we spread that warmth out to everyone that we meet. Our theme for this month <clears throat> is getting grounded or going back to basics. And the basics that we are referring to are the four guiding principles, if you will, or the foundations of the teachings of science of mind. And so during the month of January, we look at the thing itself, the way it works, what it does, and how to use it. And if you've taken the foundations class at some point along the way, we've gone into a deeper exploration of those uh, specific points. And I want to also acknowledge our senior minister, the retired senior ministers in the Science of Mind movement who have provided the outlines for the, for the first four Sundays in January. So gratitude to our senior ministers, our retired senior ministers who share their wisdom with us. So last week, week one, we looked at, for those of you who were here, the thing itself. And the thing itself is basically the mind in which we discover within us is the mind that governs everything. This week, we're going to look at the way it works and move into a deeper relationship with God through the use of the power and look at the power of our thoughts. You've heard the expression, change your thinking, change your life. It's kind of one of our... Uh, one of our slogans, one of our crochets, one of our trademarks, change your thinking, change your life. How many of you had a demonstration of that where you've been, I'm losing a prompt, <laughs> put that there. So we've all experienced that where we have been in a situation and we've recognized that, okay, this is not working. Something has to change. And the change has to begin with me. So when I change my own point of view, my own way of thinking about something, the thing itself doesn't really change, but I change the way that I observe it. It's a, it's a way in relationships. It's that way on our jobs. It's that way in our communities. We don't, the, the experience or the circumstance doesn't necessarily change, but our viewpoint, our way of looking at it changes. And so it appears that things are changing. Looking at our science of mind point of view on this, we come to this with an understanding that the spirit is the act of co-creation on our own consciousness. And so that leads us into asking this question, does what I am thinking support the life that I am trying to create? Does what I am thinking support the life that I am trying to create? And if we do our inner work and the response comes back, no, something needs to shift, something needs to change, then we become aware of our conscious thoughts and then we shift that to create more joy in our life. In one of the 
the statements of belief that we read on every Sunday. Um, there's, there's one statement in there that I really relate to, and that's play. When I was going through my own personal transition and, and leaving uh, the East Bay Church of Religious Science, where I had served for a number of years, I asked Spirit, what's next? And uh, so the first message that came to me was to rest. And so I said, okay, I can do that. <laughs> and so after I thought I had rested enough, I asked Spirit, okay, what's next? And Spirit said, play. And I go, that sounds like something I can do. And so I haven't gone back and asked what's next. I'm hanging out with play. <laughs> and what I have discovered that there, in, in this process of play, that there are a number of opportunities that are opening up and unfolding. And it's the way that I approach life now with joy and play. And, and uh, you know, some of my friends say, you're just all over the place. I go, I'm playing. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying the abundance that life has to offer. And so I invite you to incorporate play into your life if you're not currently doing so. Try it. You just might like it. <laughs> and so a couple of points that I would like to share with you this morning is... Um, and I had to chuckle when I saw this one because it, it reminded me of an earlier experience in my life. And it says, don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything that you think. And sort of a backdrop for this is that we have approximately 60,000 thoughts per day, perhaps more, most of which are random and not worthy of consideration. I don't know about you, but I find myself during the day sometimes shifting and focusing on those things which when I go back and take a closer look at them, okay, why did I spend my time thinking on this? This really isn't moving me in the direction that I'm choosing to go. By paying close attention to these repeated thoughts, we identify those areas where we have our own inner work to do. And I talk a lot about doing our inner work, and that is one of the guiding principles of this philosophy and of the teachings of science of mind, is that we're called to take personal responsibility for our life. And I'm thinking of the scripture where Jesus is with the disciples, and the disciples say to him after one of his lessons, Master, this is a hard teaching. And I equate that to what we experience when we come into new thought or when we come into science of mind, especially if we come from another religious tradition where we've had the devil or the enemy or whatever that external thing is, you know, to blame. You know, the devil made me do it. Uh, I, I, I think there was a, a I'm probably going to date myself, but from early television series, there was a character, Flip Wilson, and uh, in some of his comic strips, he would say, well, the devil made me do it. So that was a cop-out. Well, we don't have a devil, an external devil. Everything is within us. And so this teaching does become a hard teaching because it requires that we take responsibility for our own life. And we do that by examining our thoughts and paying attention to our thoughts. 
The next point is, how do you think your beliefs affect your life? The negative self-talk no longer serves me. Negative self-talk no longer serves me. And to be fully transparent with you, it is a daily and sometimes an hourly challenge <laughs> to move out of that, self, that negative self-talk, especially when I'm wrestling with something that really has not gone the way that I anticipated it might go. And, of course, to replace the self-talk with positive self-talk, the approach is to ask, what is the lesson that I learned in this? But sometimes before I can move to that point of asking myself, what is the lesson I learned in this? I have to wallow in that space. <laughs> Just call it what it is. That's what we do at times. Once we realize that our thinking is affecting our lives, then we can't use those excuses anymore. Whatever we have labeled as deficiencies, such as I'm a procrastinator, that was a good one for me. I used to always say I do my best work under pressure. No longer. No longer. <laughs> I am judgmental. No, I am not. I am wounded. No, I am not. There are experiences in our lives that take us to that place of feeling wounded or feeling separate from. Those we cannot deny. It is how we approach that and how we respond to those challenges and moving into that place of self-awareness and recognizing that right where I am, right here, right now, whatever is going on around me, right where I am, right here and right now, I am whole, perfect, and complete in the mind of God. There's nothing to be changed. And so that alone allows us to recognize that something on the outside may have affected my thinking about myself. But when I go back with inside, when I go within me and recognize the worth and the value of who I am as an individualized expression of pure spirit, that nothing outside of me can separate me from the love of God. The next point I'd like to explore is the question, what is you need to change your beliefs? What is it that you need to change your beliefs? It might not be changed so much as is reframing what we believe. You know, there's, there's a current buzzword now among uh, ministers in science of mind. That's, that's why I'm seeing it, and it may be outside of, of science of mind also. But those of us who have chosen to do something different in our lives, whether it's retirement, whether it's, it's leaving a place that we have been for a while and taking a little break, um, rather than retiring, we use the word refiring or reframing. In my case, when I left the East Bay Church, I said, I'm going to reinvent myself. And I've done that now about three or four times in the two plus years that I've left. And it's like, oh, this is exciting. I get, I, I get to be and I get to experience what it is that I'm feeling called to be and do in that particular moment. Recognizing again my oneness with spirit. When I began to reevaluate my life, my negative self-talk served me in a way that got my attention. 
It's like, whoa, you don't have to do this anymore. And so my question to you this morning is, if we are willing to entertain a new way of looking at life, everything begins to change. And it's a domino effect. We cannot change one thing in our lives without changing every other experience. I have a little story that I want to share with you. And I have a prop this morning. <laughs> I was looking for a taller glass, but whatever works, works. There was a psychologist who was walking around a room while she was teaching stress management to the audience. And she raised a glass of water. And everyone in the audience anticipated the typical question, you know, is the glass half empty or is it half full? This one uh, is about three quarters full based on an observation, just an observation. And with a smile on her face, her inquiry shifted. And she said, how heavy is this glass of water? In this case, how heavy would you estimate this cup of water to be? Just some random, random thoughts. How heavy would you think this is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely right. Each one of you is absolutely right. The absolute weight of this glass doesn't matter. What depends is how long I hold on to it. And so if I hold on to it for a minute, it's not a problem. And I'm intentionally holding on to it with my left hand because I've been experiencing some temporary weakness in my um, left wrist. And I'm working with my exercise specialist on that. If I hold this glass for an hour, I'll have an ache in my arm. On my wrist, in this case, it will become weak and I'll have to put the glass down. If I hold on to this glass for a day, my arm will feel numb and paralyzed. In each case, the weight of the glass has not changed. What it changes is the longer I hold it, the heavier it becomes. And so the essence of this story and the essence of this teaching is that the stresses and worries in life are like this glass of water. Think about them for a while and nothing happens. Think about them a bit longer and they begin to hurt. And if you think about them all day long, you'll feel paralyzed and incapable of doing nothing. And so the moral of the story is to put the glass down. And it's like in, um, in some public places now, when the speaker has really nailed it and they feel that they had all they had to say, they just drop the mic. It's, a, it's the same analogy. Whatever those stresses and concerns are, remember that it is our thinking about them that adds the weight to them, that causes the confusion, causes the stress, causes discomfort in our life. So life is like a mirror. And it reflects back to the thinker what the thinker thinks into it. And this is a quote by Ernest Holmes. What you think upon grows. 
Whatever you allow to occupy your mind, you magnify with your life. Whether the subject of your thought be good or bad, the law works and the condition grows. And so Wayne Dyer challenges us in some cases to choose to avoid thoughts that weaken you. And you will now become true to the wisdom that is your choice. And then from our master teacher, Emma Curtis Hopkins, the spirit knows nothing of imperfection. Be with that for a moment. The spirit knows nothing of imperfection. What we call able-bodied or disabled or whatever the current term may be, whatever we may call beautiful or ugly. There was recently a conversation on the minister's listserv um, and someone used the term fat as part of an analogy of describing an experience. And there was a lot of clapback, if you will, from individuals who describe themselves as fat or being of substance. And the challenge was, don't put me in the fat box. You know, that's, that's not where I fit. So Emma reminds us, the spirit knows nothing of imperfection. The spirit shines through all. Our being with it is clear, it is holy, it is light. First and last, in our real life, there is no error that has, that has been fastened upon us. Therefore, there is no dis-ease or imperfection in us. We are free from thoughts of disease. In our Declaration of Principles, in our statements of what we believe, there's a line that says, we believe in the healing of the sick through the power of this mind. And I'm sure each one of us has our own testimony of physical healing that we have experienced or we have witnessed someone who has experienced physical healing, one aspect of which included changing their thoughts about their outlook on life moving from that negative space into that positive space. And so our call to action this morning is to reframe your thoughts and intentions from disempowering to empowering. Dr. Holmes writes in our Science of Mind textbook, that which thought has done, thought can undo. Lifelong habits of wrong thinking can be consciously and deliberately neutralized and an entirely new order of mental and emotional reaction established in mind. Now here's the key. Merely to abstain from wrong thinking is not enough. There must be active right thinking. Change your thoughts, change your mind. Actively thinking on those things that are uplifting those things that bring love and light and joy and beauty and abundance and prosperity into your life and into your circumstances. This is active right thinking. I'll offer you a couple of examples of the disempowering of thought. We might ask the question, why am I so broke? You feel the weight of that? 
It's like just all of the air was suddenly sucked out of the room. An empowering thought would be, it's easy for me to generate income from unexpected sources. Oftentimes, we get locked into thinking that a source of income has to come from one entity or one individual or one place. The universe is abundant. The universe is absolutely abundant. And when we open ourselves to the awareness of that abundance, money comes from all sources, from all different places. You know, I, en I enjoy watching money in circulation. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, this is another play on life to watch how, you know, when I give in one place, I get from another place. I give in this place and I get from another place. These unexpected sources of income. And, and uh, in the words of um, Reverend Victor Postolowski, who has made his transition, but Victor was the assistant minister at what is now the Oakland Center for Spiritual Living. It was then First Church of Religious Science Oakland. Uh, Whenever Victor received a blessing, he would always say, thank you, Papa, send some more. Thank you, Papa, send some more. <laughs> and so that's where I am with, with the abundance that comes into my life. Thank you, Papa, send some more. And I invite you and I encourage you to find an affirmation, find a, an, a right act, an active right thinking affirmation that um, empowers you. Here's another example of a disempowering thought. Why can't I sustain a good and loving relationship? And of course, we know that the ideal loving relationship always begins within. So an empowering thought would be, beautiful and loving people are attracted to me and I am attracted to them. Beautiful and loving people are attracted to me and I am attracted to them. And allow the beauty to show up in all of its magnificent forms. Something that I encourage you to do is to take a walk through a garden or a park or anywhere where there are flowers blooming. And just pause for a moment at any one particular blooming bush, rose bush, tree, whatever, and notice the different configurations of each flower that is blooming on that tree. Each one is unique. Each one has its own slight nuance, its own characteristics. Um, you know, I'm looking at the, the roses in this um, Beautiful arrangement this morning. The buds are tight. And over time, those buds are going to open. Each one is going to open at its own different pace. Each one will have a different configuration. And each one will be beautiful in its own right. So take the opportunity to look at, to find something that resonates with you as beauty, as beautiful and focus on it, and observe the changes as it changes its particular form. That's how we empower ourselves. That's how we find beauty in all of life, and that's how we find beauty in other people. And that's how we discover or rediscover the beauty that is within ourselves. 
When we remember that our power resides within us, we become the masters of our own lives. We remember to train our thoughts to access our inner power and depend upon it. And by doing so, we're able to create a life of beauty, joy, peace, wonder, and all that we desire from life. We release all ideas of being a victim or being victimized. That is not the truth of who we are. And if you leave here with nothing else today, I want you to leave here knowing that I am not a victim. I am not victimized. Whenever we say I am, whatever follows, the mind automatically says yes. So an active, right-thinking affirmation would be, I am a powerful being. I am living the life of God. This life is expressing itself through me in beauty, in joy, in loving relationships, in abundance that comes from limitless sources. I am enough just as I am. Spiritual discernment allows us to recognize the power within us that is greater than anything else that we will ever experience. This is evidence that Dr. Holmes calls God's creative power of mind. We have so much of this to use as we believe and embody. We have a storehouse that is filled with infinite good, awaiting our awakened thought to spring forth into manifestation in our lives. So imagine that just this sanctuary where you're sitting right here right now is this infinite storehouse of good. And whatever you can picture in your mind is right here. It's right there. It's in this little nook. It's in this little cranny. It's in this space. It's by this window. It's by the piano. Wherever you look around, infinite good is right here. And it's right here because we have called it forth in our mind. There was a little song that, that popped into my head as I was writing this. And it's from the CD, uh, a CD by, produced by a group called The Sounds of Blackness. Uh, you may have heard it. I was going to attempt to sing it, but I think not. <laughs> Our musicians have done such a fabulous job this morning. I don't want to destroy that. <laughs> but the lyrics are, the chorus is, I believe in the power, and thou never, ever doubt. Every minute, every hour, I believe. I believe in myself because I know I get my help from the power that's within, I believe. And the verse is, no need ask where I've been, just ask where I'm going. Because I won't be ashamed to tell you I live my life knowing all roads ahead of me are filled with peace and love. Every step so heavenly, you'll fall and bounce right back up. All miracles and dreams realized through faith, nothing seems impossible if you believe. I believe in the power, and I'll never ever doubt. Every minute, every hour, I believe. I believe in myself, because I know I get my help from the power that's within I believe. And I'm going to invite us to 
repeat this chorus as our affirmation this morning. I'll say the words and then I'll invite you to repeat it. I believe in the power. And I'll never, ever doubt. Every minute, every hour, I believe. I believe in myself. Because I know I'll get my help from the power that's within. I believe. I want to conclude this morning with something that I haven't done here, um, but it's something that I usually do at the end of the talk, and that is a spiritual mind treatment. And I want to call your attention to an excellent resource that you have right here. And these are prayer requests. Uh, the forms are on this little table back in the corner, and there's a treatment box there. I invite you, if you haven't taken advantage of this, to write out a prayer request. The act of writing it out automatically sets a change in motion. And the practitioners of this spiritual community honor these prayer requests in confidence and in silence. And they take them into their own prayer life. And they pray with you and they pray for you. And so I invite you to just trust the process, if you will. Declare and affirm what it is that you wish to have in your life. And I often say to clients uh, that come to me for practitioner work, I enjoy working with individuals who have something excited to talk about, who've had an excellent demonstration in their life, that's had an answer to prayer. I love affirming those demonstrations. Sometimes we think that the practitioners are only available to us if we have a problem that we're working on. Yes, the problems are our call to service. The demonstrations are also our call to service because when a demonstration is manifested, then it brings joy and it brings more liveliness. It brings more aliveness into your life. And so I invite us to just pause for a moment and whatever there is that may be of a concern to you this morning, whatever may be weighing on your heart, just call that to mind. And also call to mind whatever joy there may be bubbling up within you. Whatever it is that you're grateful for. Whatever it is that brings you light and love and joy and beauty. To just be with those because all of those thoughts are a makeup of the totality of who you are. And I invite each one of us to go to that place within where we recognize the God, the Spirit, the Creator, the higher power, the understanding of this creative intelligence within our own heart space, that place where we can say, I know that I know that I know that I know that I have a personal relationship with the source of my life. And know with me that there is only life. That life is whole, it is abundant, it is perfect, it is complete. It is a life that I am living now and it is a life of each one that is gathered in this sanctuary this morning, in this space, 
known as the Monterey Center for Spiritual Living. And it is a life that extends beyond the brick and mortar walls of this physical structure. It is a life of everything that there is. Each one, each thing, an individualized expression of the one life. And so I, Robert, speak my word for myself and I speak my word for and on behalf of this community of beloved beings. Whatever the concerns that have been raised in the hearts and minds, whatever it is that is a challenge or seeming challenge, whatever it is that needs to be released and whatever there is to be celebrated, I know that the answer is always yes and amen. I declare that there is a physical healing that is taking place where it needs to take place. That the body is returned and restored to its place of original wholeness. I know that there is abundance in every area of life. That seeming financial challenges are resolved and everyone and everything is restored to its place of original wholeness. I know that where there is a seeming appearance of injustice, that there is peace that is stepping right in to cover that. And I call forth the leaders and the leadership of our country, of our nation, the leaders of the world. What is playing out in the world of effect, I know is not like the presence of the living spirit which is the spirit of love and joy and peace and humanity and harmony. And so I am calling forth from the inner recesses of each and every one that is involved in whatever is going on, a remembering that I am an individualized expression of spirit, or however I identify with the Creator. And there is that within me which only wants peace and harmony and joy. I'm calling forth that presence right now in our world stage, in our nation, in our state, in our local communities, and most of all, within our own lives. And I know that everything is always working out for the highest and best of everyone that is involved. And so in gratitude for this word, in gratitude for everything that has transpired up to this moment, I give thanks, and I release my word into the activity of love and law. I know it is done, I know it is complete, and so I allow it to be. And if anything that I have said resonates with you in any way, please affirm it with me as we say, and so it is. Thank you. <laughs>